DW Africa Link it's Tuesday, the 9th of January, 2024. Hello and welcome to DW's Africa Link program, coming to you live from our Bond Studios on this special edition on reproductive health. I'm your host, Josie Mahachi. And I am Eddie Micah Jr. We appreciate everyone tuned in through all our partner stations, also on Facebook at DW Africa. Share your thoughts on our stories. Now coming up, mixed reactions in Malawi as the country grapples with unsafe abortions. Yes, I think it's safe for it to make it legal because not every pregnancy comes on a light time. No one has the right to take life. Some would take advantage of it and abuse it. Okay, there's more of that coming up later on the show. Also, how often should one undergo reproductive health checkups? We hear from an expert. Reproductive health checkup should be done regularly and uh, more so when the age advances. But my recommendation that at least a woman should be going out for reproductive health checkup twice in a year. More on that coming up shortly, but for now, stay tuned for the details after the world news in brief. DW News. Welcome to the news. My name is Jen Nyingi. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Israel as part of a week-long diplomatic tour aimed at preventing an escalation of war in Gaza. He has met with Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and also held talks with the Israeli War Cabinet. Blinken pressed the War Cabinet to do more to protect civilians' lives and to stop the conflict escalating into the wider region. DW's special correspondent, Aya Ibrahim, is tracking Blinken's visit and has more on today's talk. Talks with Israeli leaders. The Secretary of State is visiting Israel not for the first time since October 7th, but at a very critical moment in the conduct of this war. Um, there are increased uh, demands by the international community for Israel to scale back the war in Gaza. There's also going to be discussions about the proverbial day after, uh, what happens once the war is over. And in that area, there's some disagreements between the vision that the Americans have put forth and some of the statements that we've heard from Israeli officials. DWZ Eya Ibrahim there reporting on that visit by Blinken. Israel is under growing pressure to allow more aid into Gaza. The opening of a second crossing has not significantly increased deliveries. The UN says only around 120 trucks a day are getting in getting in far below the number needed. Medical aid is also being held up by fighting in central Gaza. Sarah Davis from the International Committee of the Red Cross in Amman explains more on the humanitarian situation in Gaza. The situation is incredibly dire. What we are seeing is a catastrophic situation that is only worsening. The rubble, the debris, the telecommunications challenges, people are not receiving the aid or the supplies that they really desperately need. Uh, Of course, our teams are working to the best of their abilities, but there are many, many challenges uh, that are currently being faced for civilians to, to receive aid. 
French President Emmanuel Macron has picked a close ally as the new Prime Minister. The 34-year-old Gabriel Attal is the first openly gay person to take the job and the youngest in the modern French history. This news is coming to you from DW in Bonn, Germany. South Korea's parliament has passed a bill banning the breeding, slaughter and sale of dogs for their meat by 2027. The practice will be punishable by up to three years in prison or a massive fine. Dog meat has long been a part of our South Korean cuisine, but protests and changing attitudes have increased pressure on the government. A Spanish court has closed a probe into three individuals, including one of the president's sons suspected of kidnapping and torturing opponents. Campaigns group have accused the government of unlawfully detentions and torture during President Teodoro Obiang Nguema's four-decade in power. And in sports, former France and Arsenal striker Thierry Henry has spoken about his mental health battle, saying he must have been in depression throughout his career. The 46-year-old ended his glittering 20-year club career in 2014, which also included things at Monaco, Juventus, Barcelona and New York Red Bulls. For more news and information, head on to our website, dw.com forward slash Africa. My name is Jen Nyinge. Thank you, Jane, for the news and thank you for joining us on the program. This is DW's Africa Link. I am Eddie Micah Jr. And with Micah Jr. is me, Josie Mahachi. Remember to comment on the stories we are covering on our Facebook page, DW Africa. We also appreciate everyone tuned in through all our partner stations across the continent. Now, in Southern Africa, Malawi, to be precise, continues to grapple with unsafe abortions, a leading contributor of maternal mortality. Minister of Health statistics show that over 35,000 unsafe abortions were procured between 2022 and 2023. Right. Now, IPAS Africa Southern Region Health Systems Advisor, that's Christopher Kanjinomaso, has put the blame on restrictive laws that prevent women from terminating unwanted pregnancies. Chimwenwe Padatha reports from Lilongwe. In Malawi, abortion is only legal to save a pregnant woman's life. Terminating pregnancies for any other reason is illegal. That often leads to women and girls with unwanted pregnancies into backstreet clinics where complications can arise after unsafe abortions. Yes, I think it's safe for it to make it legal because not every pregnancy comes on a light time. Life begins from conception and no one has the right to take life. Some would take advantage of it and abuse it. Legalizing abortion could be one of the safest things that the country could move towards. They'll have another chance to living a better life. According to Malawi's health ministry, nearly 36,000 unsafe abortions were carried out in the southern African country between 2022 and 2023. Christopher Kandionamaso is from IPAS a global organization on women's reproductive health and rights. He points out that abortion is punishable by up to 14 years imprisonment. He wants the abortion law changed to protect women's lives. We are now anticipating many cases of rape, many cases of incest. I think we can really support the women out there. We can really support the girls out there. Dorofengoma advocates for safe motherhood and reproductive health. She says that inadequacies at the health ministry 
are a huge setback. 36,000 is really a very big, big number that we all must get worried as Malawians. Those are the registered ones. What about the ones that were not registered? Sometimes we do run short of resources for theater to go and clean them up, even like the emergent biotics that we need. It's terrible. The resources are too short. We should be talking about prevention of unwanted pregnancies. In 2021, Malawi Parliament withdrew the termination of pregnancy view from debate due to strong opposition from church groups and other advocates as the bill seeks to expand legal abortion. Adrian Jigombe is a spokesperson for Malawi's health ministry and admits that the current state of the law puts women at risk. A minor has been defiled and ends up pregnant and we know the maternal complications that either the minor will die together with the unborn baby. These are some of the conditions that we think we still need this bill passed. These statistics show that backstreet abortions are common in Malawi. 18% of maternal deaths happen as a result of unsafe abortions. Thanks, Chimamwepadata, for that report. Now straight to Facebook, we ask, should abortion be legalized? That was the question. Here are some answers. Nusaiba Hassan says... It's illegal in my country. Only in Nusaiba. We're not sure which country you're exactly, talking about. Let right? us know. Mm-hmm. And Austin Banda say it should be legalized. Population control, poverty, like to avoid street kids. Mm. Okay. Solo Wood says if you don't want to have kids, don't have the action that leads to it. Killing innocent babies is not correct, you add. Eddie, is it, are you scared to say don't have sex? I mean, obviously that's what he means. <laughs> well, well, Oyoko. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's let's say that. What what is Oyoko Christian greatness saying? He's saying, "Well, Christian, don't support abortion. Killing innocent child for no reason is a big sin before God Almighty." Yeah, I mean, you know, with this particular topic, abortion is such a huge mm. issue, and and in most African countries, it's taboo. It's it's taboo. Most people frown upon it, so mm. uh, it's not surprising. Uh, getting these comments on our Facebook page, DW Africa, but keep those comments coming. Coming through, it's always uh, good to get your thoughts on matters. Mm-hmm. Now, according to UNFPA, early childbearing, high fertility rates and inadequate access to maternal health services are the main factors that contribute to the high number of maternal deaths among young women in Africa. That's right. Now, unfortunately, Josie, girls aged between 15 and 19 years are twice as likely to die during childbirth as women 20 years and above. And safe abortion because of unwanted pregnancy is also common among adolescents. Now, to help us unpack more on this topic, I earlier spoke to the director of She Leads Alliance Kenya, Nancy Okoth. She starts by telling us how often one should undergo reproductive health checkups. Reproductive health checkups should be done regularly. And uh, more so when the age advances, when girls and young women start, reaches their puberty, they need to start uh, regular checkups on their reproductive health. And also women who are at the menopause or premenopause should also start. But my recommendation that at least a woman should be going out for reproductive health checkup twice in a year. Mm. And one would wonder what exactly should be included in these checkups, Nancy? Uh, one of the key things that should be included in the checkups is one is pap smear. That is the checking of the, in case of survival cancer. There should be uterine um, uh, scan. 
there should be breast examination, there should be mental health because uh, issues of reproductive health or rather comes with a lot of mental issues, especially when girls and young women are experiencing cramps and also some of them when they're having heavy flows. And then also issues family planning, commodities should also be part of that. That just to see how are they coping with it and what are some of the side effects that they are experiencing. Mm. You just touched on family planning, Nancy. At what age should girls start using family planning? Basically, I may not say a certain age per se when women should start using family planning because number one, we need to check when they have started their menstrual, uh, they've started experiencing their menses. And then secondly, we can also check when they have started being sexually active because it is not uh, so easy to start when they're still very young. And this one depends on age because some of them start at the age of 10. It also, there is also late onset. The late onset is as late as even 14 years. Mm. Are there any side effects for girls to start using family planning at that early age? I will not talk about any side effect, but again, when girls are still very young, it becomes a bit difficult for them to maintain the regular going for clinics or checkups. And one of the things I will want to say is that in Kenya, getting youth-friendly spaces for these young people is not so easy. So for them to access the reproductive health commodities and especially the family planning is not so easy. So there is this issue of shame. The shame in terms of when they get to the clinic, they're meeting their mothers, they're meeting their aunties. So one of the things is we are trying to to, to just encourage uh, organizations or rather providers to access them in different spaces, the youth-friendly spaces, in schools or any other space where they can be reached out to to speak on issues of reproductive health or rather the issues family planning. Mm. Now we see a lot of girls are becoming parents at a very young age for many different reasons or circumstances. Are there specific support programs or organizations tailored for young parents? Yes, I say there are specific programs or rather organization tailored towards that. We have comprehensive sexual education that is done by different organizations. And this one is also being encouraged. We are trying in Kenya to encourage it to be done from home because most of the children, we also have girls that are out of school. So if we, it is tailored only in school because they reach out, the organization reach out to these young people in schools. If we leave it specifically, specifically for schools, it becomes a bit difficult. The other thing is about the family planning that we've just talked about. It is also one of the support that can be given. We can talk to them about family planning. They can be tested. Their blood pressure can be taken and then they are able to know which commodity are they able to use and how are they able to access it. And then now that we are already having girls that are young parents, we are trying to help them uh, enroll in safe spaces where teacher attitudes are being addressed. Now, Nancy, I'm a mother too to a daughter. And believe me, if she's to fall pregnant today, I wouldn't even see it immediately because I think one has to know the signs. Can you explain the menstrual cycle and signs of any irregularities that should be addressed? Okay, there are so many irregularities, but and as you know that in Africa, uh, we talk about taboos and stereotypes that surround menstrual hygiene or other menses. 
So one of the things that I will talk about when, uh, when, it, when it comes to issue sign is that, uh, one, the parents should be close to their children so that they're able to know if there is any change in the lives of their children. And the change I mean, even when the children have started their menses, their young people, they, they, the young girls have started their menses, because that is one of the areas that parents do not really, really get to detect. The other thing I'm able to talk about is that when we talk about menstruation, it is a 28-day cycle. And the 28-day cycle does not apply to all women. We have women that have irregular periods. They have they receive their period twice in, in a month, and we have some that are missing it for three months. And another sign is some of them miss it is because they're pregnant. As I, as I told you earlier, I, am, I was a teen mom. I gave birth at the age of 13 years, eight months, and I didn't know about being pregnant because nobody had talked to me about it. And by the time my mother was realizing that there were changes in me, that she, she died, she didn't get to tell me the changes that she was able to see in me to tell me that she was pre I was pregnant. But basically, she was telling me at five months. So I think that being close to your children gives opportunity to the parents and rather the, the guardians to check out to any sign in terms of irregularities when it comes to menses and also when it comes to teen pregnancy. How did your parents react, Nancy, when they found out you were pregnant? Hey, the reaction, it was not easy. <laughs> I can't explain. Mm. Yes, I was young, but I could not explain because you see you have all these people that uh, one, I was like right now I'm thinking it was too much for me. One, nobody asked about this man that made me pregnant. So it was all alone about Nancy who is pregnant and Nancy who is supposed to talk about her pregnancy. And then number two, there were questions I could not answer because nobody had given me information. So basically for me, I thought that if you had sex once, you can never get pregnant. Mm. Nobody had talked to me that if you have sex before having your menses, you can get pregnant because I had not had my menses. The information I had had is that you can only get pregnant when you have had started having your menses. I had never seen my period. I had not started. So if any girls are in the situation right now at 13, at 12, at 11 or 10 nowadays who are pregnant, what advice would you give them? Yes, when they're already pregnant, it's a bit hard. But let me talk about first before they get into the pregnancy. One thing I will tell them, especially when they've not started their menses, is to abstain from from sex, especially when they're still very young. The key thing I try to tell them is to abstain. But in case that now they did not abstain, that they're already pregnant, is about making the right choices about your pregnancy. Because at that age for me, the choice was made for me. And uh, the choice was about the parents. They make a choice, which for me, a choice is either to keep the child and a choice is either to terminate the child. Hmm. Life is all about choices. I was speaking there to the director of She Leads Alliance uh, in Kenya, Nancy Okoth. She Leads is a women's leadership program advocating for young girls and women. Hmm. I, I found it a very uh, detailed, informative interview. Mm -hmm. what, what stood out for you, Josie? that she fell pregnant before she went on a period. I mean, mm. I've never heard that before. And I actually told her that I think we need to talk more because I maybe it was the period that she was about to start her menses mm. that she had sex. Because, I mean, how does someone fall pregnant before they start their periods? I mean, it just tells you, you know, this, this, there can be irregularities, as yeah. they say. It's not always going to be exactly mm. on the dot.
But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty uh, good interview. Let us know your thoughts on our Facebook page, DW Africa, on the matter itself. We'll soon get to a few comments, but for now... If you are just joining us, just to remind you, you are listening to DW's Africa Link program, where we dig into what's happening across Africa and beyond. I'm your host, Josie Mahachi. And Eddie Micah Jr. is my name. Connect with us on Facebook at DW Africa. Like and follow the page and comment on the stories we're covering. Now, still to come on the program, we remain on the issue of teenage pregnancies across Africa. We hear from a woman who recounts her challenges as a teenage mom. Discouraging and sort of shame and embarrassment. People are like, oh, look at her. I don't want to see you going closer to her. She's a bad girl. But I just kept focused because I knew what I wanted. Okay, we'll be getting to more of that in a bit. Now, according to the World Health Organization, Sub-Saharan Africa has one of the highest teenage pregnancy rates globally. In South Africa, for example, the WHO says one in five girls, yes, you heard me right, one in five girls is pregnant before the age of 20. On Christmas Day alone, a total of 145 teenagers gave birth. Hmm. Now, the growing number of teenagers getting pregnant has left authorities and parents scrambling for answers. Some of these new mothers as young as 13. Now, this is alarming. Eddie and has prompted calls to involve the police in dealing with such cases. Under South African law, the age of consent to sexual intercourse is 16. Children between the ages of 12 and 16 are not criminally charged if they have sex with each other. Mm. Now, as our correspondent in Johannesburg, Tuso Kumalo reports, some concerned South Africans are blaming the legislation, while others argue that too many grown men are preying on girls. South Africa has one of the highest teenage pregnancy rates globally. According to the World Health Organization, one in five girls here fall pregnant before the age of 20. Health department figures show that over 150,000 girls aged between 10 and 19 he gave birth in South Africa during the 2022-2023 financial year. That marked an increase of around 60,000 on the previous year. On Christmas Day alone, 145 babies were born to teenage mothers. Limpompo Province, a health department is member of the Executive Council, Popira Matuba, says there could be criminality that requires law enforcement to intervene in some of these cases. We are more worried about a number of them between the age of 15 and 16 because it's right that statutory rape has occurred. A young girl of 15 cannot consent towards sexual activity. Tilvali Livadi from the youth-focused Love Life organization says some of the causative factors are beyond the control of young pregnant girls. It's socioeconomic issues like poverty. We cannot avoid that. It's, it's a fact. These young girls are in, in, in a family where they don't have much uh, to afford. And then she goes out and then she becomes vulnerable to these guys or men who knows what to do, who uses material things to lure them. And Siabong Anzimande from the Social Development Department of KwaZulu-Natal Children's Sector says 
an overhaul of the interventions is needed when it comes to teen pregnancies. We are looking at programs here that are supposed to be for young people, by young people, led by young people. We should allow communities to lead the strategy and government maybe might need to stop thinking that it's all about getting t-shirts and branding, putting up a marquee and we're doing a campaign. 18-year-old Nogutaba Kumalo believes that some of the solutions lie with the teenagers themselves. One thing that we have to realize is that there is a time for everything and what is priority right now is to focus on our education, to focus on building our futures, to focus on building our dreams and our goals and achieving everything that we've ever dreamed of. Another thing that we can do is to surround ourselves with the right influence and to encourage abstinence amongst ourselves as teenagers. There are now calls for the government to increase health care, contraception, sex education and ban cultural practices that encourage child marriages in South Africa. Thanks to Sokumalo for that report. Now, Eddie, there is no doubt that the prevalence of teenage pregnancy in Africa remains a significant concern. Mm -hmm. There are implications for maternal and child health education, and socio-economic development. Yeah, I mean, look, as a man, mm. I have no idea the challenges uh, yeah. girls go through when dealing with teenage pregnancy. So I earlier spoke to Ka Quinta from Cameroon who got pregnant as a teenager. She told me how the feeling was like for her. I remember the feeling always because coming pregnant at the age of 16 wasn't really what I ever wished or planned for. Personally, it was really painful, discouraging, and of course, sort of shame and embarrassment. How did it affect your schooling, your family, friends? It affected my schooling a lot because it was so challenging, so difficult to focus on class. All eyes are on you, like you can have an age, all fingers are pointing. My father rejected me. I was being abandoned to myself. I had just um, my uncle that was there. And at the level of the community, it was just so terrible because people are like, oh, look at her. I don't want to see you being closer to her. She's a bad girl. Look at what she caught in her community, becoming pregnant. How did you stay strong through all the challenges? It wasn't really easy because even after I had my exams, I go to birth, I had to go back to school, that shame was still there, the mockery was still there. But I just kept focused because I knew what I wanted. What kind of support did you receive from your circle or from anyone? The person who was responsible for the pregnancy, the mother, not even him himself, but the mother, she was the only one who was supporting her own way that she could. How much support did you get from your own family? I think Did you expect that reaction or did you expect the opposite, that they would actually support you? Of course, I expected your reaction because before even sending me to school, my, like my father, he was sending me to secondary school. He has even said that he doesn't want to send a girl child to secondary school. 
So he said to us to think that because the great child would just come out with pregnancy. Teenage pregnancy is still very prevalent these days. It's happening a lot all across the continent. What do you think is the right way to address teenage pregnancy? The right way to address this issue is um, actually sensitizing public, sensitizing the young girls, even the boys, on the consequences of teenage pregnancy, and then also giving preventive methods, of course, because we know that youth nowadays are very much sexually active, so we need to provide a preventive method like what we usually do when we go around providing a female and male condoms, why demonstrating how to use them, and also For the young ladies and even the young men listening to you right now, what would be your advice to them regarding the issue of teenage pregnancy? My advice to them is really for them to be focused, know what they want in the future because teenage pregnancy comes and if you are not strong enough, you, you can never achieve your goals and try as much as possible to avoid getting into early um, sexual activities and if they must do it, of course, they should always use condoms. But when it happens, that also is not the end of the world, right? You can still make it in life, right? Exactly. You can still make it because even after when it happens, like I'm a living testimony today, my daughter is 16 years old and now I am happy. So even if you are already into it, get back on your feet and for sure your dreams and of course you'll be able to accomplish your purpose. I was speaking to Car Quinta from Cameroon who got pregnant as a teenager. Apologies for some parts of the audio that was not too clear, but in a nutshell it was very challenging for her. It was, family yeah. mm-hmm. family neglected her, society neglected her, uh, her schooling was almost, was cut short. She mm-hmm. couldn't really focus on, on the parts of her exams and all. But the the key part is at the end where she says that she's overall, a she's a living testimony that she rode the challenges. Mm-hmm. Now the daughter is sixteen, and you know is, is going to school and everything is going smooth. So well, this has been the main topic we've been discussing on Africa Link. Thanks a lot for joining us on the program. I am Eddie Micah Jr. and I am Josie Mahachi. Until tomorrow, take care. Made for mine.